Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. The Ravens are coming off a 24-17 win over the Arizona Cardinals in their second preseason game. The streak is alive. 22 straight, baby. How long can we, can we get in the 30s? I mean, this, it's, I won't lie. We get down to the fourth corner and it starts getting tight. I'm like, we got to keep the streak alive. Let's go. So, uh, good game. Uh, I am joined today by Cole Jackson of Two Guys Watching Football Podcast. Make sure you check him out there. And, of course, follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's got, t- and YouTube. You can follow him at Cole Jackson FB on Twitter and uh, on YouTube as well. He's uh, doing a ton of good stuff, breaking down film. Uh, two guys watching football, so make sure you check that out. Cole, thanks for joining us. You're stepping in. Cliff's on a plane right now, and Garrett's on paternity leave. So you are the backup guy extraordinaire who's Absolutely. helping us out today. No, Thank honored you. to be here. Um, wishing the best to, to Garrett. I have a three-month-old, so I've just recently gone through the pain that he is probably in uh, with the newborn at home. So <laughs> sending him the best and safe safe uh, travels to Cliff. <laughs> yeah, he, Garrett's on the pain train. Yeah, He's and that, train. it's tough right at the start. That's that's a rough one. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so really good stuff from the Ravens uh, in last night's win. And really the, the storyline of the night was the rookies. The Ravens rookie class shined, uh, led by a guy that we've spent a lot of time talking about, and that is tight end Isaiah Likely. Eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown in the first half. Caught all eight of his targets. I think you said it was, what, 15 snaps that he had? 15 snaps and he catches you know more than 50 percent like an absurd <laughs> stat line like i've never seen anything like it um yeah absolutely insane yeah so i guess you know for me what what stood out in this game for isaiah is that you know we've seen him catch balls all summer long but in training camp where they're not really hitting you don't get to see what he can do after he makes the catch right you don't see that run after catch ability shedding tackles and all that and from his first catch of the night, a 20-yarder, we saw that, just shaking off defenders. One guy trying to just hang on, go for a ride, hanging onto his leg, and he's pulling away. Uh, you know, we saw the quadruple juke move in the first preseason game to move the chains, but this time it was kind of a little more physicality from him, which was an interesting kind of new wrinkle to his game. Yeah, I think, and what, what the other piece that impresses me is the versatility that he's showing and how he's winning. So you're seeing the yak, but you're also seeing him be man coverage against both linebackers and DBs. And a lot of last week was against zone coverage. So you're seeing him kind of read the soft pods of zones. There was uh, a play where he worked back to the ball to give Tyler Huntley a target last week. Um, It's just, he's doing things that I know Ravens fans clamor for, like, why aren't we working back to the ball? We can't beat man. We can't beat zone. Um, So he's kind of showing that versatile skill set that he possesses through two games. And I think that's what really excites me about him. If it was just kind of like, you know, running the same kind of routes against linebackers, but he's doing it against DBs. He even had did one of his catches last night was against the slot corner. Um, So he's showing that he can do kind of the full mosaics and, you know, you're kind of seeing why Mark Andrews would say, I see a little bit of him and me because he's doing things that Andrews has become known for. So it's right. uh, that's what excites me the most. It's that versatility in his skill set. Yeah, I, I really thought the touchdown also really kind of showed that setting up the linebacker with a quick kind of jab step inside to then cross his face in front of him, really set up the linebacker just to get him on his hip and then present a, a, a tight, I mean, it was still a very tight throw for Tyler Huntley for the eight-yard touchdown, but 
just to see him beat that man coverage. I mean, I, it, it's it's you don't want to put too much praise on a rookie fourth round pick, but it's like how high can this guy go? You know, I mean, I think that a lot of what we're seeing now is you see, all right, so maybe the Ravens, you know, by virtue of who they have at wide receiver, and, and you know, we've talked a lot about that, and now they reportedly are going to add Demarcus Robinson, which is a, an experienced vet, but maybe this offense really runs through the tight ends, you know, and, and you see that tight end wide receiver kind of hybrid with Isaiah Likely, and you're saying – the Ravens just kind of go a lot, you know, two wide receiver looks or, or one wide receiver and a boatload of tight ends out there because this guy's too talented not to have a big role in this offense. Yeah, and I think it gets back to the 2019 offense discussion where they had the most success. It was, you know, a, a healthy amount of 12 personnel using, uh, you know, a combination of Boyle, Hurst, and Mark Andrews. And now you kind of have Isaiah Likely who has a similar skill set as Hayden Hurst um, stepping into that role. So it's, you know, I, it looks like they're going to kind of dial it back to using, and I mean, even through 2021, um, they still used heavy amounts of 12 personnel as well with the two mm-hmm. tight ends on the field. Um, but it looked like they wanted to get a guy with that move tight end that could also play in the slot, maybe play a little out wide, exactly what Hayden Hurst used to do, because it just gives you more options, you know, Andrews, Likely, and Boyle, three different skill sets, um, different situations. You can get all three on the field or combinations of two. So I think that's what's really exciting about it is that type of versatility um, that he brings and some of the things he can do, you know, going in motion. Uh, he's also a willing blocker. We saw him make a really nice uh, on, his, on one of his other 15 snaps. He had a really nice uh, downfield block to, uh, to, to get a couple extra yards for I think it was Mike Davis. So um, just just some exciting stuff like that that he's putting on tape. Yeah. Well, I even look at the 2019 numbers from Hayden Hurst. So 30 catches for 349 and two touchdowns. You know, if you would have asked me a month ago, can Isaiah likely put that up, you know, put up those numbers, I'd be like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be really good. That'd be a very solid rookie year for Isaiah likely. Now I look at that and I'm like, nah, he's, he's got to go. He's got to go over that. And I think comfortably in this offense. Like, I think, you know, the 2019 team ran the ball so much and at a historically efficient rate, obviously, you know, the record setting run offense. I don't know that the Ravens will run the ball as much or as effectively as they did in 2019. Obviously that's a very high bar, a historic bar, but, you know, considering the running backs health, JK Dobbins and and him coming off this knee injury and, and then, you know, Gus, obviously. So, I don't know that their running back core is quite as strong as it was in 2019. And maybe that means more on the plate of these tight ends than even Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews and, you know, uh, Nick Boyle teamed up for in 2019. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people are like, it looks like they're dialing it back to the success they had in 2019. But another way of looking at it is a more balanced approach and less run heavy and more looking at some of the things that the Patriots did when they had, Gronk right. and Hernandez as the, you know, that's kind of what I think. That was kind of the staple of their offense was running it through the tight ends, but also using the run game. I, I you know, people didn't give that Patriots team enough uh, credit for the run game. So it's, yeah. it's a very similar approach and we saw them have so much success with it. Um, so I could really see that being the approach. I know yeah. people want to see, see like Lamar Jackson, like, you know, last year they threw the ball a healthy amount. Right. And, and, you know, that's, there's a lot of factors that play into that. You know, obviously the running back situation, you're relying on these journeyman veterans and they just weren't running the ball very effectively last year. 
so they went more pass heavy. But, you know, Lamar Jackson's in his fifth year. He has obviously progressed uh, considerably as a passer, right? He is a, a, a very good passer. And so I don't think they're going to, like, dial it back to take the offense back to as run-heavy as it was. I think it's just who he's throwing to is going to change. Yeah, and I think what people aren't giving enough credit to is the mismatches that they can pose. Because if you can run – or, sorry, if you can pass effectively out of your 12 personnel, you have to put linebackers on the field. And we've already seen what Isaiah likely could do against some of these linebackers. We know what Mark Andrews can do against linebackers. So if you're forcing them to play nickel or heavier into their base defense, you're really going to be able to take advantage. You know, you get out there, you could run a a 12 personnel type formation run play, get into the exact same personnel on the field, but spread everybody out because likely and Andrews can split out. Now you have those linebackers on the field to match up with them in space. And that's where likely and Andrews can use the route running their physicality, the speed that they possess to exploit those linebackers. So if we see a transition from 2019, or we'll say, let's say the involvement of the 2019 offense, I think that's what it would be. The, The run heavy out of, or sorry, the pass heavy out of that type of personnel. I think that's what they have the opportunity to do. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, so another guy that obviously shined in Arizona was Tyler Huntley. And gosh, the, the preseason that he's having is also unreal. Last night, 13 of 14 for 129 yards and a touchdown. Overall, the first two preseason games, he's 29 of 32. Missed three passes uh, for 238 yards and two touchdowns. So what, I guess, you know, we all saw him at the tail end of last season stepping in for Lamar and played well. You know, the win-loss column. Uh, wasn't in his favor ultimately, but golly, he put some uh, some fights into the Green Bay Packers, a scare into them, and and you know all those games were close, right? So we saw what Snoop can do, but now he he looks even better to me this preseason. What what are you seeing from Tyler Huntley? I think the biggest difference between last year Tyler Huntley and this year is kind of two pronged. I see him more decisive. And that's just getting the ball out more on time. That was something that I think he got a little bit more known for because they were using a shorter passing offense last year. Once he took over for Lamar, you know, Lamar's average depth of target through the first five weeks was like 12 yards, which is absolutely absurd. It was leading the league. And then yeah. it, that kind of lowered a little bit, but when Huntley came in, the a dot of the entire team lowered a lot. And that's just because Lamar has a stronger arm than Huntley does. Um, but I find Huntley being, throws a nice deep ball though. And Huntley that was a really nice touch on his deep ball. That's my second prong is this year, his arm strength looks like it's progressed. So just, and that's what we have to remember. You know, we've seen Lamar outside the numbers, pushing the ball downfield, progress as a passer. Tyler Huntley can progress just like that. And you're kind of seeing it. So just seeing him add that element, like even the, even the touch ball he threw to Shamar Bridges last week, like that. And that's what you're referring to. That touch on that ball was perfectly mm-hmm. placed. Um, but he had, you know, another one to rally Webb yesterday that was, you know, just a really nice deep ball. So he's, yeah. he's really starting to round out his game, which I think is really nice. Um, and then the decisiveness is, is, is also there. So I think as far as backup QBs go, you're in a really good position with Tyler Conley. Yeah, I think, I think that, uh, you know, last night he spoke to just the, the experience that he got last season in reading defenses and the comfort level in this Ravens offense that he feels really comfortable in this offense and and just that like you're saying that decisiveness knowing where to go with the ball makes a huge difference and and i'll also point to this one thing i saw at training camp 
uh, is when Lamar Jackson's personal throwing coach, Adam Dudeau, came. I saw him talking to James Irvin and, and, and kind of, I, I was kind of lip reading, kind of like reading the body language here a little bit. Um, but one thing he was talking about is Snoop's, Snoop has a tendency to kind of take a big front step and really load up. Like he, his, his, he gets low and he just has a long, big release, like a pitcher almost like it, he really puts a lot of shoulder into it. Um, and Dudeau was kind of talking about shortening up that front, that front step, that front leg, because he'll get a little splayed too much. Um, and, and I think you're seeing that too, you know, just, just like James Urban is working with Lamar, he's working with Snoop and improving those mechanics as an undrafted rookie who came into the league, you know, and, and needed some refinement as all quarterbacks do. And, and I think you're seeing a lot of those signs in Snoop. Now the question is, I mean, I went through it last night, Cole. I had a dozen, a dozen NFL teams around the league that I would say they might be better with Snoop. Like you could make a, a strong argument that they would be better with Snoop as their starter. I think it's completely reasonable. And I was having that debate on Twitter last night. You know, if I think it was Brad Spielberg at uh, PFF said, you know, the, that the compensation would be about a second round pick given what uh, Jimmy Garoppolo went through way back. It's like, do you, would you trade Huntley for a second round pick? I think it becomes a really interesting discussion because on one hand, we had the losing streak down the stretch with Tyler Huntley at the QB helm. But on the other hand, when you still look at that, that was with a very depleted roster that I'm not expecting sure. the Ravens face with injuries again this year. At least I'm praying they don't. Right. Uh, how much different is the end of that season? Are they in the playoffs after that season? If you have half the injuries, which is like a normal year. Um, right. So I think there's a ton of value in a good backup quarterback, especially when they fit the scheme, um, when they have the familiarity. And when you're seeing that type of improvement, I think, you know, a cost controlled backup QB, sure, you can get the pick and that's fun and you can invest next year, but then you're left with no backup quarterback if you do lose your starting quarterback. And we've seen teams have to, you know, figure that issue out even through, you know, a couple of games. Uh, so right. I think seeing Huntley get better, it's exciting. And I just, I really hope they hang on to him. Yeah, I'm not in any rush to trade that dude. Yeah. Uh, so let's get back to talking about the rookies uh, because it was a big night all the way around. Uh, we'll also go to, now this was kind of the, the bad news of the night, and that's the injury to Travis Jones because he was off to a spectacular start. Just I, I liked your tweet last night. It was get off the railroad, wasn't it? Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he knocked Trace McSorley into another dimension with, <laughs> with that hit in the end zone. I mean, it's just more of the same from him, just beasting dudes up front. That penalty also, by the letter of the law, sure. The face, you know, his his face mask made contact with Trace McSloy, but come on, it wasn't like he was leading with the head. He was just leading with his big old body. That That's one of those right call, bad rule pieces. I exactly. understand leading with the helmet, but I mean, he's just getting in his face. That's all it was. <laughs> right. I mean, so... I, I think it's, I guess, first of all, what have you seen from Travis Jones? I know you did a film breakdown of him last week after the Titans preseason game. And then, you know, in the, in the early uh, first three and a half quarters that you saw from Travis, what did you see from him in this game? The explosive first step is, and I, I, I think we talked about him when I came on for the combine episode, the, just his athleticism that showed on film. It was, it was scary how good that potential was. And now you're seeing him do it in the NFL 
um, against NFL caliber players. And that's, what's really exciting. I think the other thing that stood out and is where his snaps came from. There were definitely a good handful of uh, nose tackle snaps where he's kind of the, you know, the backup right now to Michael Pierce, but that the quarterback hit on Trace McSorley came from the three technique. So he came from more of a defensive test. So he has that versatility to not, to be just, not just a nose tackle. You know, he's not the kind of guy that needs to come off the field on third down. He's not just a run stuffer. He's that new age interior defensive lineman that has the athleticism and the play strength to play both the run and the pass. And that's, what's really showing through the first couple of weeks, you're seeing a good array of pass rush moves. Um, he, he had a nice cross face on the, on the left guard on that QB hit. I think he had three out of the first four snaps on that drive where he had that QB hit, he had pressure. And so yeah. that would put him up to, I think, six pressures through two games. Um, so getting that consistent pressure from the interior is what this defense has been missing. And it's going to do a wonders. Like look at Odafe Owe on the Kyle Fuller interception where he chased down they had to flush trace out because mm-hmm. of interior pressure. So if they're able to keep doing that and some of these edge rushers get, you know, a little bit better of an opportunity, that's where that sack production is going to turn up. And that's where you could see a guy like Oway or Tyus Bowser when he's back or Justin Houston, you know, the, the grizzled vet having some pretty big years in terms of sack production where they haven't had it in the past. Yep. Totally agree. The unfortunate part, obviously Travis Jones suffered a hyperextended knee in the fourth quarter of that game, that was that's just a nightmare. You're like, no. Of all players on the field uh, last night, Travis Jones would be near the top of guys, you know, who suited up. That you're like, please don't get injured. Uh, so a hyperextended knee. John Harbaugh said it's not too serious. He's done for the preseason. Doesn't expect it to be a, an extended period of time, but we'll see if that bleeds into the regular season or how long that is. I think it, that's going to be a question mark and something to monitor as we get closer to that Jets game, but. Kind of dodged a bullet, but still a bummer there. Uh, moving on, I'll tell you what, man. Jordan Stout, holy moly, what a night for Jordan Stout. That 58-yard bomb that he had on his final punt at the end of the game, the, the Cardinals are threatening to, to you know come back, tie. They went to tie, but come back and win the game on their final drive. Jordan Stout booms, just murders a 58-yard bomb to the sideline that goes out of bounds at the 15. I mean, that's that's really pretty much as good as it gets. I mean, do you have a better punt than that? You get zero return, 58 net yards in clutch time, your first road NFL game. I mean, that's that's as good as it gets right there. And that's not factoring in. So he punted three times, and the first right. two were inside the five. So it's right. just like... Both down at the three. Yeah, like it's that that he had an absurd net. I think it was nets of like 48, 51, and 58. Like that's that's top of the right. league material if you're able to sustain that. So um the big difference, and I did do a Jordan Stout film room, which I think I've never done special teams on my channel. So it was <laughs> that's how much I just miss football. I'm breaking down. You need punters. to have Randy Brown in for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I the, the big thing that I noticed is just his hang time. Like he's able to hang the ball so long that his coverage unit's able to get down the field. And so on the 58 yarder, it didn't matter because it was at the sideline, but on the first two that were pinned inside, well, the second one was out, out of bounds, but the first one, his coverage unit was just kind of standing at the goal line, waiting for it to hit the ground. So it was just, it's what you want to see out of a punter. So when you see a fourth round pick spent on a punter, I know at the time it's like, 
man, there's so many other directions we could go here. But when he's putting out all pro type material as a rookie, yep. uh, and I mean, how fun is it that he's working with Sam Cook? That was probably the best interview I've heard in the summer was just how they're working together and learning those techniques together. It's, it's going to be so fun just to watch his career. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that this morning with the whole fourth round draft pick and the Ravens took some heat, some questions about people saying, ah, punter in the fourth, that's too early, right? What would what pick would you use? And I'm not saying, let me preface this by saying, I don't think that Jordan Stout is anywhere close to Justin Tucker levels right now, right? Justin Tucker's the GOAT, right? But I don't think it's far-fetched to say that Jordan Stout could be the best punter in the NFL this season. I don't think that that is hyperbole at this point like what we're seeing he could be in the top five let's say right so let's just say that jordan stout becomes the best punter in the nfl what pick would you use to have the best punter in the nfl because i'll tell you to have the best kicker in the nfl i mean i would use the second round pick on justin tucker tomorrow right and so like i just think that if you can say if this guy is something special and can be the best in the league at what he does that is definitely worthy of a fourth round pick and especially when you got six of them and i was gonna say that's not counting the fact that you'd have two specialists your, your kicker and your punter being the best in the league right um, but i mean like if he was able to sustain what he did last night that's absurd production like that, there's no way around it that's just objectively top of the league punting material um and he did he did really well last week too he had really his fourth his fourth punt that counted because he had the the first punt didn't count uh, because of the penalty. Mm-hmm. He, right. it was a coffin corner pump from their own 45 and he missed kicked it and went out at the 24. So through seven kicks that have registered this year, he's really only had one that's been off and we're talking, he just didn't get it inside the 20. So he, right. he's, he's produced the whole time. Um, and I don't think it's absurd to say that um, everything he's doing is statistically top of the league last year it's all about sustaining it over a larger sample of course but you know the the ability is very clearly there through two games absolutely another rookie uh that shined was pepe williams my guy pepe gets an interception he had one glance off his hands uh on his very first defensive snap i believe it was or second defensive snap hauls one in uh yesterday and good to see from him i mean this is a dude that i think ravens fans are quickly uh, you know, he's becoming kind of a fan favorite and to see him come down with that. And, and it's also cool to see the teammate reaction. I mean, anytime anybody gets a pick, they're pumped. But like for Pepe, you know, who on the, on our podcast said the preseason is going to be like the Super Bowl for him. Like, like it's like the regular season for him because, you know, he's a fourth round corner. They have a lot of depth. He doesn't know how much regular season actually he's going to see. The preseason is huge for him. And what we're seeing is just the same scrappy dude that we see in practice and training camp. I mean, just great mobility, good instincts, not afraid to hit anybody. And and now coming up with the pick, just a, a good night for Pepe. And he had that, I tweeted about it right when it happened. He had that one wrap up tackle where he was, he was mm-hmm. running right through the man. And I mean, I know it's just one tackle, but it's, Yo, it's third the, down. It's the consistent attitude he brings towards the, I mean, it's, it's not just on the field. It's in practice. It's the video, the hype videos that you see of him. Like he's just, that kind of guy that you want in your locker room that kind of gets everyone around him going. Um, but then he also leads by example by playing solid football, you know, aggressive football. It just, when we talk about what it means to play like a Raven, Pepe seems to embody that. And that's what yep. I think is really exciting. 
And I, and you see a little bit of that Tavon Young in terms of Tavon just had kind of a, a nose for the football, you know, and I see that out of Pepe uh, in a different personality. He just, he plays like Tavon, but much different personality than Tavon. So uh, fun to see. All right, going down, continuing on the rookie train here, Tyler Beatty, uh, the sixth round running back gets in the end zone. And not just that, I mean, that was kind of a walk-in touchdown for him. Still a good play, but the one that stood out to me was his blitz pickup on the Raleigh Webb touchdown. I thought was that was a nice pickup for a dude that's a smaller statured running back like Tyler Beatty to step up and take on that block that really freed up that touchdown throw to Raleigh Webb. That, that showed me something about the rookie. And that's what we talked about after the draft when we were talking about the film of Tyler Beatty. It's like, where does he, what does he need to do to get on the field? And yep. with his skill set, it was, I wanted to see better contact balance out of him when running between the tackles. And I think you saw that last night because there wasn't a whole lot of real estate for him, but he was making guys miss. He was kind of getting past that first tackler um, on multiple occasions of his 12 carries. And I needed to see the pass protection because what I saw in his film from college was, absolutely no issues with willingness which is what you mm -hmm. want to see out of a running back you want to see a little bit of better of the identification and now you're starting to see it in the preseason showing that what it i mean there's so many of these guys that have improved so much from their college film and it's a real testament to what that first training camp can do for these guys and i think he's just one of those guys where he's going to naturally find a role to play in the nfl um, I know it's only one blitz pickup. He actually had two last night that stood out to me, but just seeing that consistently, that's how rookies get on the field when you have feature backs like Gus Edwards and JK Dobbins ahead of you. So how does right. Tyler Beatty get on the field this year? Good pass protection, good third down productivity, that sort of thing, being a change of pace guy. And that's what he's showing. Yep. Another rookie that we haven't talked wide receiver, Raleigh Webb, who I just talked about with the long touchdown catch, the stiff arm gets in the end zone from 38 yards out. Heck of a throw by Anthony Brown, by the way, who relieved uh, Snoop and, and had an excellent night other than his interception that he threw directly to the other team. <laughs> but a good night from Anthony Brown. Like, I was impressed. Um, but Raleigh Webb is a wide receiver that's kind of flown under the radar. Undrafted guy. You know, another guy with, with good size. I think he's 6'1". Let me pull it up here. What's How's big? You got this memorized, Cole? What's Raleigh Webb at? 6'2", 213. Raleigh Webb, 6'2", He's listed 213 on the site. So, oh, you got 213. You know, that's uh, extra okay. muscle, a little, little 10 pounds of muscle for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've all talked about Shamar Bridges. We've talked about, you know, Makai Polk, who's kind of stood out also. Uh, Could have had a touchdown last night had he not tripped. Turf Monster seemed to get Makai Polk early in the game. Uh, but is Raleigh Webb a, a dude that – is fighting to make this roster is the fourth, fifth, you know, whatever wide receiver. I think he's the dark horse because he led the offense, offensive players last night with 10 special team snaps. And we've seen it time and time again, that that special teams role for the last, I want to say three roster spots. Like it may be, you know, a wide receiver, a tight end, a running back, whatever it is, but those guys are inside linebacker DB as well. Those guys are your core special teams guys. So not only are they making the 53, they're likely going to be active on game day. And we saw that with some guys like James Prochet being inactive in the past for the special team contributor, because you got to make up your special teams units. Um, so I right. think the fact that he's showing some wide receiver production, but he's also playing as one of their primary gunners, as is Makai Polk. I think he's very much a dark horse to make this roster. Like, 
you need those special team specialists. Um, you need gunners that are able to play. So I think, you know, when you factor that in, I wouldn't say he's above Shamar Bridges in my prediction right now, but I'd say he's competing for this team to carry a wide receiver six, like a six wide yeah. receiver. Well, yeah. I mean, now with the reported addition of Demarcus Robinson, you know, that takes up a fourth spot, you would say. If he makes a team, I wouldn't say it's an absolute lock, but you would probably say he would. Uh, just as I think we've seen the Ravens needed, and we've all talked about they needed more experienced depth, just in case of injuries. Demarcus Robinson's a talented guy that could add a lot to this team. So if he's taking a, a wide receiver spot, now you're looking at, at Tylen Wallace. Is he is he a lock? Is he definitely on this team? He's had the injury last week early in that game, and unfortunately had to sit out the rest of that one, and still is out, didn't play last night. So, you know, is his position absolutely secure, or could one of these undrafted rookies steal a spot kind of based on special teams like you're talking about? I think it's a, an interesting development to watch. Um, another, another undrafted rookie that stood out to me, Josh Ross. You know, we all know the Ravens' history of keeping undrafted inside linebackers. Long history there. Uh, so is Josh Ross the next guy in line? I think what he's showing in, in pass coverage is what's really kind of sticking out. I think yep. I would, what I remember the most about some, they seem to backfill roles. And so you lost Chris Board. He moved on. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. sort of that special team ace guy that they had, but would also contribute in their dime package as sort of a coverage specialist. I think he was a converted safety from, from college. And so Josh Ross stepping in and showing that similar type of skill set. He was also Mike McDonald's Mike linebacker at Michigan. Right. So that familiarity is important, but showing that, you know, he's got a little bit of special teams ability. He has a skill set to develop a special teams ability, uh, but also pairing that with good pass coverage. Uh, he played eight, uh, eight special team snaps last night. So one of the most on the defense. Uh, So that could compete with Christian Welch to really push him for that kind of fourth inside linebacker. That's kind of a special teams ace, but could also, you know, play some snaps here and there play in a, in a sub package and and really push for spots. So I think, you know, having that familiarity with the defensive coordinator is super important. He knows he can rely on him. He wore the green dot for his defense. Um, That was a complicated defense with how much they did with their safeties at Michigan. So Stepping into that role, showing what he's shown so far, he's worthy. I hope he plays a ton in the third game. I really want to see him kind of early rather than later, see him against some stiffer competition. But so far, he's passing every test that's thrown his way. Yeah, I would say it's it's going to be tough to beat out Christian Welch on special teams. You know, if that is that if that fourth inside linebacker, which it often is, is really a special teams position, Welch has been one of the yeah. captains, one of the kind of anchors of that unit. So it'd be tough in that regard. And, and, you know, we've seen Malik Harrison make some plays in preseason, had a couple nice goal line stuffs. He put a shoulder in the Trace McSorley. I was like, dude, he's a former Raven. Let's, let's take it. He's that was just me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Malik is a big dude. I was like, that one hurt. Between him and Travis Jones, I mean, roughing up Trace? Come on, guys. That's a rough night for Trace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that fourth inside linebacker spot will be interesting. And then just to, um, kind of wrap up the, the rookie talk here, even Chuck Wiley, I mean, outside undrafted outside linebacker, Rashad Nichols, the undrafted defensive lineman, the defensive line depth that the Ravens have is absurd. It is absurd. This offseason talking about getting younger on the defensive line. It was like, 
snap a finger overnight. Like now you have all these young studs that can step in and you're like, I don't want to lose any of these guys. You know, Isaiah Mack played well. Nichols, even I think he had a pressure in the Titans game or did he even have a sack in the Titans game? Three, had three pressures. Three pressures. He the team in yeah. pressures that game. Yeah. So, I mean, back-to-back games for him making a play and especially in this game, like John Harbaugh talked about is like, Hey, you know, it's just the preseason, but the game was on the line. And for them to come up with back-to-back sacks kind of sealed this game. Uh, so just good stuff from them, too. Yeah, and I don't want to get too off topic because I know we're sticking with the young lads, but even Brent Urban, who's factoring into this uh, rotations, yeah. played well and had a sack last night. So, I mean, we're not even talking about Isaiah Mack and Aaron Crawford because there's just not really a spot for them on the 53 and they have both played extremely well through two preseason games. So if anybody wants, you know, what's kind of the, the positive spin zone on Travis Jones, maybe missing a little bit of time is that I think they have the necessary depth on the roster to cover mm-hmm. if, if he has to miss a couple games to start the season. Right. And sorry, I want to round out the rookie talk with Kyle Hamilton, the, the top rookie. Uh, we haven't talked about him yet. You know, it's, it's interesting. All this, talk about the Ravens and, and how amazing the rookie class is. Well, two of their top three picks haven't been on the field. Tyler Linderbaum and David Ojabo. Kyle Hamilton has and made a, a nice play on the around the goal line, getting into the throwing lane and knocking down a pass that probably saved the touchdown. Uh, you know, but it was it was kind of, again, a strong, a good game for him, but kind of a mixed bag. What did you see from Kyle Hamilton? I, I think that's a really good way of putting it. The only thing that I put out there, and I had tweeted about it last night because I was kind of seeing the coverage of Kyle Hamilton, and it was a little confusing to me, is I'm just not seeing these issues in coverage that everyone's speaking about. What I'm seeing is tackling issues. And so I think he's up to around five missed tackles through two games. And so... I think what people need to remember, and I know someone might look at this and say it's an excuse. It's really just context, in my opinion. These guys go through the training camp almost all of August where they're not tackling, and then you go right into live preseason games where it's full go. And so there can be a bit of an adjustment for some of these guys that haven't tackled in a few months. So, I mean, we'll have to see how it, how it develops and gets better. But in terms of his range, in terms of his coverage, I saw him blanketing tight ends. I saw him blanketing a slot receiver last night. Um, so, I mean... The, the touchdown uh sorry the drop touchdown that the that they right. had that's a tough play and i don't think people really realize what kyle hamilton's doing in that scenario if you look at if he looks at his vantage point and sees a running lane for trace mcsorley his first instinct is to fill the rushing lane because he still has to throw the ball and there has to be a completion you can't just let a quarterback walk into the end zone but right. it's very much how many times have we seen Lamar Jackson do something like that? You make the defense pick their poison. Either they commit to you and you step up. I, I remember one of Nick Boyle's touchdowns against the Buffalo Bills in 2019 was this exact same play. Lamar started to run towards the end zone. The defense stepped up to stop him from scrambling in and he just lobs it over them to, to Boyle for a touchdown. So what's, right. what's Hamilton supposed to do in that scenario? He's got to pick his poison. And in my opinion, the correct poison to pick is to step up and make him throw that ball. Um, he's throwing it on the run while scrambling. It's not the highest percentage. So I, that's one of those examples of where he's getting kind of roasted online. Like when he loses a one-on-one against a slot receiver with an open field um, and he's, but it's like, well, that's his job. Like he's got to step up there. He's got to stop the run. So it's one of those things where, you know, I think he's got a lot of, uh, he was an alien prospect, long limbed, 
physical, uh, athletic safety. Alien prospect. Alien prospect. Like you don't see guys that look like him at safety. <laughs> he looks like a linebacker. Um, right. And so people are going to be pretty harsh on him. Uh, we, you know, you're going to see the same thing with Jordan Davis because he's literally an alien. Um, so right. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how he develops. But I'm really looking forward to diving in. All I'll say is I think the tackles need to get better, but I thought his coverage was good. Right. Uh, on to just a couple veterans. Uh, saw an interception from Kyle Fuller, which was was really good to see from him. You know, he's had his hands full with Rashad Bateman in training camp and with Isaiah Likely and, you know, Mark Andrews. I mean, good to see that hit the veteran kind of get that one under his belt, I thought. And then Brandon Stevens was, was somebody that caught my eye. Played a lot in this preseason game. You know, he's dealt dealt with an injury earlier in training camp that I think limited him. The Ravens wanted to give him a lot of snaps out there and see if he's ready to go and step into what could be the third cornerback slot in this team, you know, that that position. Um, and, you know, gave up some some plays, but tight coverage. Also stopped some plays, stopped a, a deep ball to Andy Isabella. Um, and Isabella was their preseason standout the first week. And a tough assignment, former first-round pick, who I think first-round pick, right? Yeah, uh, second, has, second, I think. Second-round pick, um, who has some some big-time speed. So what do you see uh, from Brandon Stevens? Yeah, like I, the, the penalty where he's kind of running out of bounds and he gives a little bit of the shove, like pretty ticky-tacky, not a huge deal to me. And But what I thought was really interesting is the defensive pass interference. He really didn't need to clamp down on Isabella's shoulder pad, and he got – not only did he match Isabella's 4-3 speed on a nine route, but he got his head around to make a play on the ball. Like, that was a phenomenal defensive play. Um, so, I mean, he just showed that ability to kind of play. We've seen him play physical at the line of scrimmage and show that, but he's able to match up with a speedier, shiftier guy and, uh, and match up with him as well. So I think that's what really stood out to me. Isabella had five catches for 54 yards. Nothing really significant when he was kind of the primary matchup, um, but Brandon Stevens also had two pass breakups, so I think that's what's really relevant. I think he's also coming back from injury, so just to see him play 85% snaps. He also played 10 special team snaps, which is important. You know, he put together a full game. Uh, just really impressive. I thought he looked really fluid out there, and I really like his combination of athleticism with the physicality he can show and press, and I think that's what the Ravens want. If you see Marlon Humphrey sliding inside, uh, you know, when they're in the dime or the nickel, you might see a healthy dose as Brandon Stevens at that outside cornerback position. Yep, for sure. Uh, well, let's take a break here, Cole, and uh, remind people that the sports landscape is ever-changing, and this week is no different. DraftKings, a leader in daily fantasy sports, still has daily fantasy contests running for those looking to have skin in the game. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. You assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then you sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app now and sign up using code FLOCK. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code FLOCK only at DraftKings.com. Uh, you, you a fantasy football guy? Cool. I'm a huge fantasy football guy. I love it. Oh, all right. All right. I don't. I feel like I would... See, we have our... Just to let listeners know, we have relaunched our international uh, lounge listeners fantasy football league. So... Cole, I mean, honestly, you could have been in it. I mean, you're the Canadian guy. I could rep so, the Great White North in that for sure. <laughs> we have some other Canadians. We have some other Canadians in there. So, and I believe, I believe Daniel Mills 
Eh, did he win the first year? He's a Canadian. Okay. He won the first year or second year. So you'd have some stiff competition. They, the Canadians usually just trounce me. Love it. Love so, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but all right. So moving forward, just what are you looking for? Who are you looking to see? You mentioned Josh Ross. You want to see a lot of him in the third preseason game. What kind of are you looking forward to as we wrap up this preseason? I think what I'd like to see is a healthy dose of early snaps from Ben Cleveland. That left guard battle mm. has been, yep. uh, and you know where my bread and butter is. So it's that, it's that <laughs> oh, offensive line play. Um, so, and I mean, how fun is it seeing Ben Cleveland beside Danny Falele? Like what a couple mountains. Um, but <laughs> I, I found the usage of Ben Powers to be interesting. You know, he played one series of right guard, then he's playing center. And it's like, does he really have the left guard spot? Like Greg Roman said, it's so interesting to me. So I'd really like to know what's going on there. And we saw Tyree Phillips kind of start, move to left tackle, and then Ben Cleveland was playing right guard and left guard snap. So I just would like to see an early dose of Ben Cleveland. I think he's had a really, really solid two games. The big difference in his game from last year is he just looks way more aggressive, way more assertive as a run blocker. I really had no issues with him as a pass protector last year. I thought he did well. I wanted to see him getting a little bit more in guys, grills, finishing blocks, all that good stuff, using that size to his advantage. And I think he's showing that in the preseason. So I just want to see it against stiffer competition. And then I just want to keep seeing Daniel Falele play football. Um, His progress Mm -hmm. as a rookie, even from what we saw at the stadium practice, I did an in-depth film room on his pass sets last week because it was just so noticeable. Like his improvement is, is there. Um, there's still some things he needs to clean up and I you can tell he's working primarily on his footwork. And then I think they'll kind of transition into uh, some of his hand strikes and that sort of thing later, but just the cleanup of his footwork, getting that vertical set, all things that he needed to do. And we're seeing those boxes get checked. So that's exciting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cole. Uh, as a reminder fans, you can find Cole on YouTube. Uh, Two Guys Watching Football does awesome work there, uh, posting his film breakdowns, and then also on Twitter, at ColeJacksonFB. I also want to remind fans that next Saturday night, uh, for the preseason finale against against the Commanders, we're going to have Kids Night, our first ever Kids Night at MNT Bank Stadium. You got the baby? You bring the baby out, Cole? I might have Come to. Come on down, drive, baby. Make the drive. Does the baby need a passport? <laughs> <laughs> first ever kids' night. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff. Gate giveaway. The first 15,000 children ages 16 and under will receive a specially designed Ravens hat. I got the picture here. It's pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. As I looked at this picture, I was like, yeah, my kid's going to this. <laughs> Uh, we have a book and school supply drive, uh, get ready for school. We have Sophia rocks. Who's a 14 year old DJ. She's going to perform with DJ Kopech, uh, from the perch party. So, I mean, a 14 year old DJ, that's pretty sweet. Uh, so all, all kinds of cool stuff. Here's another interesting one. Uh, at halftime, we're going to have DJ Sophia rocks. We're also going to have, uh, Randy Brown, our special teams coach. His daughter, Ryan Brown is going to sing the national anthem. Kind of cool. Uh, so a lot of good stuff going on uh, for Kids Night. Make sure you come out to MT Bank Stadium next Saturday. And thank you for listening. As always, you could reach it. You can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net, and we'll be back with you later this week.